Have you been feeling stuck, limited, or blocked in your spiritual life? Are you looking for breakthrough today? We are here creating a safe place to uncover real answers to honest questions. Because this is not just another self-help podcast. This is Life for Your Soul. Welcome back. It's Life for Your Soul. We're a podcast. We talk about your soul and how to bring life to it. This is Virginia. Virginia? This is Rachel. <laughs> okay, I think we might need to Nope, start. it's great. We're going to do it. We're okay. going to do it. Let's okay, do we're, it. we're going with that? Yep. That's what we're going with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, hi. Shalom. <laughs> <laughs> That's for Tina. Um, just being real, it's hard getting back in the swing of recording when you've had an extended recording break. Yeah. Should be, should be. Should we share with the audience part of the large reason as to why both of us are having a hard time recording? I don't know. Did we say? We haven't, actually. I mean, our people know, but these people oh, don't know. Oh, the podcast people don't know. Our our audience so far. Uh, well, Virginia's pregnant. Yeah, just me. And <laughs> three months later, I got pregnant. So it's really hard sometimes. So we're both pregnant. <laughs> And this past two months has been my first trimester, and I've just been <laughs> exhausted. And as we all know, brains, brains, Rachel is the brains of the operation. So if, if she's down, it's hard to record sometimes. Yeah. And in the past four months, we both, both families got COVID. Yeah. And, and then we were just sick in general before that, too. Yeah. I mean, this is not to complain, guys. Sorry. It's not complaining. No, it's, it's just, just a, we didn't intend to be gone this long. <laughs> really wasn't intentional um we recorded an episode which at this time you've already have listened to hopefully um to start off that was the introductory episode and it was kind of like a i don't know behind the scenes bit of a dry run (laughs) like we just did it (laughs) i'm just gonna be honest we're like we just gotta record something so we did um and I remember talking in the last Rima episode, we were talking about eternity and like having to all just stand, like having your anchor in something. And so we yeah. kind of kept that theme, especially since we've all lost some people um, close to us and just focusing on eternity in general. Uh, but there's a another part to this that um, talking about eternity, we all want to make it there. You know, we want to make it to <laughs> eternity. Yes, please. Like, According to the scripture and this paradigm of what God has revealed is that we were created. And although we had a beginning, we are not going to have an end. So he created Mm, when God, God has no beginning or end, but the things that he creates has, has a beginning, but no end. So he created angels. He created um, mankind. He created, even with the fall, with humans um, choosing to disobey God and all that, we still, although our physical bodies will die because of the consequences of that, um, our souls do not die and neither does our spirit. That is the eternal part of us. And that doesn't go away. And I know a lot of people believe that. You know, they don't know what happens when you die. They think if your soul, you don't really have a soul or spirit, it's just your brain. And when your brain ceases function, you cease to exist. And so that's how atheists comfort themselves mm. that nothing's going to happen once they die. Um, yeah, but, but there I, are two sides to eternity. So 
I'm going to go back and retract my statement of, I want to, yes, please, eternity. I want the good side. (laughs) (laughs) I want the good side. (laughs) Um, So last week, I did kind of mention God as, as if he was a homeowner. Just like if you were a homeowner and, you know, only certain people you'd allow in your house, like you just wouldn't let yeah. anybody in. Well, there's this, there is a concept of God is holy and pure and righteous and true, and there's no compromise in him. In fact, I am going to credit this to Kevin Zadai. Um, Y'all should check him out if you have love Uncle Kevin, man. We call him Uncle Kevin <laughs> around here. Um, God really revealed this to him. Uh because he had had a experience with God in heaven, like he had actually died and and had come back. Um, he actually did not want to come back. God had to tell him he's coming back. Jesus was like, "You're going back." And he's like, "I don't want to." You got some work to do. Get he's down like, there. We, I got you. Got it's all gonna be extra credit though, Kevin. If you go back, um, he saw that the the state of Adam and Eve was so beyond our comprehension, like the way they were before the fall. Mm. They were so like God. They were made in his image. They were, it was, they were so close to who he was that it was almost hard to distinguish between them and God. Wow. And there's scriptures in the Bible talks about the sons of God and, and, you know, kings and priests and uh, like this language of, uh, we were made in his image and, um, and so the the everyone's wondering like why was the tree you know why put that tree in the garden that ruined everything why give them a choice you know that's silly and you can take this or leave this I this is what Kevin has taught and I it just rings true for me so I'm bringing it to you um, God is the only one who can know good and evil and always choose good yeah. There's something innate in him and his goodness and how he is that he can know all things and not be compromised. Humankind could not. And so the tree of knowledge of good and evil was the one thing that Adam and Eve were not supposed to access. And it was there so that they would be reminded that although they are almost like God, they were not God. Yeah. That there was something that was set apart, that tree was set apart for God only, almost like a, a tithe in a sense that was dedicated, it was to the Lord and it didn't belong to anyone else. Yeah. And it was not, it did not belong to them. That tree was in the garden, but it did not belong to them. Everything else in the garden belonged to them. They could have anything they wanted from anywhere yep. that he had given them. It was just not that tree. And that's because that belonged to God. And he did that because because he made us in his image, we had free will. Yeah. And so, and, it, it, you know, the concept of God is God and I am not and remembering that sometimes, mm-hmm. it, it's important. And even in our own lives, like we forget that we're not our own gods. Yeah. We are not God. Um, you know, I don't want to derail your thought process, but I know you're very good at bringing it back. So I'm going to let you flex that muscle. Um, <laughs> hearing that from the perspective of like the tree is kind of like a tithe, like it's set apart for God. Um, it's a good reminder as well that like, while God gave the garden to Adam and Eve for them to, to work and to cultivate and to enjoy from God still created it and he made it and all of it, it was his and he gave it to them 
And that tree being that tithe represented like almost as if a reminder of like, no, I gave you all of this. Like you have this because I'm a good father and I gave it to you. And it just, I think that it just reminds me of the actual tithe that we have here in a monetary sense, because it's a good reminder that it's not just like giving back to the Lord the portion that's his, it's also a reminder that everything that you have is also because of his goodness and his favor on your life. And it's just very profound. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen the movie. So like um, Indiana Jones. And so they had the cup and the guy was like, if I'm going to drink out of this cup, it's going to like, I don't let let me live forever or whatever. (laughs) But then like Indiana Jones is like, don't do it. I'm butchering this. I'm sure it's been too long. <laughs> but I remember the guy going, uh, maybe the German guy, the German Nazi guy, I'm going to zinc out of it, whatever. And then he drinks out of it. And I remember it kills him. Mm. And so mm. in Genesis chapter two, it says. That's a whole word. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat from the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Okay. So then he may, after that directive, he then gave him Eve. So Eve, Mm. God gave Adam the responsibility to relay that information to Eve. Come on now. Um, And then... The serpent. So the serpent in chapter three, um, he asked the woman, he went up to her and goes, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Now, here we go. He said, did he say you couldn't eat any fruit of the trees? No, just not that one. And she's like, no, we can eat any of the fruit of the trees of the garden. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. Um, which is interesting. So he doesn't start off like just talking about the tree directly. He's like, let's just talk about all the trees. So I hear, pray tell, I heard down the grapevine <laughs> that you ain't allowed to eat any of the fruit around here. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. We can eat all of it except for this one tree. So here the, here the serpent is playing dumb. <laughs> then she answers. Of course, he's talking to the woman. He's not talking to Adam. Um, then she said, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Cause mm. you know, they talk Southern like that. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, verse four, <coughs> then the serpent who acted like he didn't know what was going on about the fruit is then going, well, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. My God, this is where New Age started, right here, right that moment. <laughs> okay, so based on what I told you earlier, they were already like God. They literally had everything. They were just like God. The only thing separating them between them and God was the knowledge of good and evil, because and God knew it's because they couldn't handle it. Mm. It's only it's something that only God could hold and touch and handle and not destroy. Right? So it's kinda like that cup in the in the Raiders Lost Ark or whatever. Like the guy thought, it's gonna save me, but it killed him because he couldn't yeah. handle it. The power he couldn't handle it. Right? And so 
And part of the misunderstanding here is like she said, if you don't, if you touch it, you'll die. Well, as soon because she's already believing in a slight, slightly off there. It is a good practice not to touch it. I mean, if you're trying not to eat it, it's probably a good practice not to sit there and fondle the fur. <laughs> you know, like just sit there and go and smelling it and you know what's funny? rubbing it and when, when you know, I was when I was admiring a pers- it. <laughs> when I was a personal trainer, one of my buddies, um, we worked right next to a shoppers and the shoppers bakery just oh man, it's it was the best smell in the world. Um, next to a newborn baby. And she was like, yeah, I just go over there and I open up the displays and I just smell all of it. And that's good enough for me. I'm like, that's, that's temptation right there. Like if I'm opening (laughs) up and smelling it, I'm going to put my face in it. (laughs) Well, that's kind of what she did because, you know, the woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Mm. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Mm. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. (laughs) Who was with her? So you can't blame Eve. Eve. Adam could have stopped Eve at any moment. He didn't. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. I wonder what would have happened if Eve ate it and then Adam didn't. I know. I always wondered that. We'd probably it- get a second Eve. God probably would have rebooted it. <laughs> Although, I don't know. It says that two the two become one, and they were one flesh. This is true. So, but also... Honestly, be- I don't know. I mean, they're one flesh. So it's like, well, the husband is the head. So if the husband stayed pure and he didn't eat it, maybe it's a pass. But then also God's so holy. He can't be with the sin. All I know is Adam should have grabbed her hand and smacked it. Yeah, that's the truth. (laughs) That's the truth. He should have punched the serpent. Um, (laughs) Good recovery. (laughs) Punch his wife in the face. (laughs) But but even the temptation, you'll be like God. Okay, like I said. There is this innate like takeover effect. It's like Satan. Satan, his his heart was filled with pride, and he's like, eh, I could do this better than God, right? Mm. And it's the same thing with humanity. It's like we're so close that it was like, ah, I think I could, I I want I want what God has that's separated for him. It's like when you have a parent and a kid. There's some things that your parents have that the kid doesn't get. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry, it just is. Like my mom bless her heart she would have pepsi and no one allowed in the house was allowed to drink pepsi but her yeah and it was her pepsi and she would freeze her pepsi she'd even have me put the pepsi in the freezer but because she didn't want me drinking sugar i was not allowed to drink pepsi (laughs) so funny right i mean my kettle corn popcorners are just mine the kids know it they can have the other bags you'd leave the red ones for mama (laughs) (laughs) so here's this concept of an adult right an adult Having or doing something that kids are just not allowed because of the age appropriateness. Yeah. We don't know. God may have had a long-term plan to maybe introduce that tree to them or maybe not. But either way, it was his. And just like a kid and a parent is like, nope, this is mine and you can't have it. And that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And kids are like, you know, as kids, you get so disgruntled, but it's just the way it is. And I think that, um, I would say them in this today's world, I'm just going to camp like I did last week. I'm just going to say for the sake of brevity, religion and new age. So religion is trying to get to God through your own works and efforts and earn your way and check off the rules, you you know, check off your boxes and be satisfied on your own based on what you did. 
And then new age and anything camped around that is really like, well, no, you are your own divine God. You determine your destiny. Uh, you are, you you're, they already took the fruit and they're like, I'm not God. You know, it's like, <laughs> like I am God. I'm God. I don't need God. I am God. Okay. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot pulling from every direction. But remember last week I said that there's something very distinct and important to understand that God is altogether separate and different from us. Mm. And the amazing thing is, like truly the amazing thing is, is that when Jesus died and rose again and the Holy Spirit was sent to us, we literally have the God of the universe inside of us. That's right. That's an amazing thing. And we are new mm. creations in Christ Jesus. So we are literally have something that is entirely unique. Mm-hmm. But we still have to understand that Father God is still separate. Yeah. He is still his own thing. He still deserves all the glory and all the worship and all the honor. Everything in the universe are, and, you know, all time and space hinges upon him. And, you know, like if you remember in Job, Job was whining and complaining and God shows up and he was like, Job, I'm sorry, but where were you? Where yep. were you when I did this? Yeah. <laughs> where He says... Stand up like a man and face me is what God says to Job. Mm-hmm. It's like, bite me. <laughs> yeah. Pick up your boot, boot, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and face me, kiddo. Because um, I got some questions for you. You asking me questions. You asking why you complaining. Let, let me answer you. Where were you when I did all this? When I made the universe. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, when you have kids, like there are some times with your kids that you have to put them in their kid place Mm. as much as you love them and you want the world for them and you want to give them all the things because of their behavior and because of their attitude, you have to put them in their kid place and go, no, you are a child Mm -hmm. and your job right now is to obey or your job right now is to, you know, be kind to your siblings and not do this thing or whatever it is. And also you have to understand that, you know, as a parent, you can look at them and you can see, okay, this particular behavior or this toy or this whatever is actually a negative um, thing in your life right now. It's like, it's not, you're not in a good place because of it. And as a parent, I can recognize that. And so it's time for a break or we need to take it away or we need to change whatever that thing is. Um, And your kid's not going to understand, you know, I had to do that with my three-year-old this week and he's like, no, I want it. And, you know, crying and whatever, because he didn't understand what was going on um, because he's three. And basically that's us. We are a bunch of three-year-olds and God is our parent. Um, I mean, yeah. And we're not that evolved or anything. You know what I mean? Well, we get really wise in in our own eyes. You know, yeah. Um, you got to remember, up until like 200 years ago, the world was stuck at basically the average of a third grade education. Do you know what I mean? Like we had we had no electricity, no technology, and so we can look back at the Bible and see how God decided to describe everything. But you got to understand, He had to describe it for the lowest common denominator. True, because He wanted to release the gospel to all creation, yeah. to everybody, and so Jesus didn't. And it's not like he inspired the the scriptures to be written only for, you know, 5 BC. It, it was going to last for generations yeah, and God thousands of years. Yeah, God had a long-term plan. Yeah. So it wasn't just about the people he was talking to right then, you know. He had to... And, and the gospel and the, and the truth of God has to be understood, 
even by a young child, right? And so, but the lust of the mind in humans is that we love complicated. Mm. We love mysteries. In fact, the word occult means hidden thing. Like we love thinking that everything is esoteric and hidden and, and that only certain people have only certain kind of knowledge. And, and we always think we got to go looking someplace other than Jesus for it. When Jesus, and to be fair, like Jesus, what he said wasn't complicated. It's hard, but not complicated. True. It's very right. simple. S- simple doesn't mean easy. <laughs> Jesus lived the most purpose-driven life of any person who was ever on this planet. He said, my sole purpose is to say and do what the Father has shown me and wants me to do for me to fulfill the everything that God wanted me to do. Um. And it was important that he did that. If he didn't, everything would have failed. The whole thing, we wouldn't, we'd be lost forever. Mm-hmm. It was on his shoulders to come and do it. And he had to, as a man, deny himself and deny his own, the possibility. Because he became a man, he then had the possibility of choosing independence. Yeah. Just like we did. Yeah. And he... But he was also connected to God in a way that we weren't until Holy Spirit came. So he had a little bit of a leg up there on that one. He he was a little bit more in the state of Adam before Adam's fall. Like he had the, that, he's the second Adam. So he kind of was a reboot. Yeah, the connection to God. Um, But if he hadn't done it, the whole thing would have fallen apart. Yep. And so, um... What I'm going to do is I'm going to read, it's a little, several verses, but I'm going to read out of 1 John chapter 5, um, because it's talking about Jesus. Y'all, I wish you could see Rachel's Bible right now. It's a straight up rainbow. Every single verse in this page is highlighted. Okay. (laughs) It's beautiful. I'm going to skip around a couple verses. So verse one, everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ has become a child of God. Okay. Then I'm going to skip down. To four, for every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross, not only by water, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with his testimony. So we have these three witnesses the Spirit, the water, and the blood. All three agree. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about his son. All who believe in the son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about his son. Mm. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have God's son does not have life. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Okay. Then I'm going to skip down a couple more verses to verse 20. And we know that the son of God has come and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and he is eternal life. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Mm. So basically 
God testified, because the Bible says uh, a testimony has to be established by three witnesses, like two or three witnesses, right? Um, so God gave three witnesses, it says here in the book of John. He testified about himself. He said that this is how it works. It is through Jesus, his son. This is how he did it. This is how it works. This is how you get eternal life. Yep. Okay. I mean, that's it. Like, (laughs) so how much of, like I said, like we've said repeatedly, all the devil's got to do is get you sidelined just slightly. Yeah. He just has to get you distracted from Jesus just lightly. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's like, it. I mean, little nose in the head because of the pregnancy thing here. Have you ever heard somebody be like, ah, I'm just a little pregnant or like, I'm so pregnant. It's like you, it's, it's an on or off thing. It's a yes or a no. It's like you are or you're not. Um, and it's that way with salvation. It's like you are with Jesus. He is your Lord. He is the way or he's not. And just like Rachel said, like exactly that. The devil, it doesn't take much to go bunk. I'm just going to knock you off the path a little bit. So like, let me repeat this again. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have God's son does not have life. And if you don't believe God's testimony, you're calling him a liar. So if you're sitting there telling God he's a liar, what do you expect him to do? I mean, if someone was telling Mm. you in your face, you're telling the truth, you've given all the information, you provided the evidence, you've literally laid the case before them saying, hey, this is how it is. And they're looking at you in the face going, "Mm, yeah, I don't believe you. You're lying. Are you going to be friends with that person? Mm. Are you going to invite them home for dinner? Like someone walks into your house and like, oh, this is my house. I'm like, Noel's not. You call the cops. Where's the mortgage? <laughs> Here it is. My name on it. Okay, bye. And then Mr. Joe is going to jail. <laughs> and what people don't realize is every time they choose to listen to some other concept, belief, or teaching that's not in the Bible that, or well, let's just say clearly contradicts what the Bible says, mm, Yeah, they're calling good. God a liar. And they're picking something else because it feels good, looks good, tastes good. But it leads to death. Mm. There is, and I think it's in Proverbs, whatever that verse is, where it says, there is a way that seems right to a man. Yes. But it leads to death. Yes. Yeah. Everything that people present that is not from the heart of God, that is not from God, is not truth. Right? Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So if it's not from God or from his son or from his spirit, it's not true. Yeah. Like, I, it's a lie. And the and Satan is the author of it. He's the father of it. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean. And, and it's one of these things like you have to know this in your heart of hearts. Like this is what you have to sell in yourself because you are going to be faced with all sorts of things. Yeah. I mean, when Paul says there will be trials and temptations and no, what is it? Trials and tribulations in this life like some of a lot of the times people we think about it as like oh you know i might lose my job or i might have to deal with a sickness in the family or things are going to be hard or whatever those some of those trials are a trial of your faith a trial of your uh your belief are you going to lean on god are you going to fall victim to the schemes of the enemy i mean it's not limited to something that's so physical and a lot of the battles and the things that people are going to come across and they're going to face is here you are, you've been presented with the gospel, you have God in your heart, 
and you love him, something will come along that will test that. It will push your boundaries. It will make you question. And that is something that you have to persevere through. And you come to that place of God is God or he's not. And, you know, everyone has to kind of come to that place on their own and go through that journey. But that's a lot of where leaning on the word comes Um, into play. Okay. Going back to the whole, we want things complicated thing. (laughs) Okay. So there's a saying that there's like, I've heard some ministers say that there's seven layers deep to the Bible, you know, and and that would line up with the sevenfold concept of wisdom and understanding. Hey, I see what you did there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But even so, what you got to remember is even if it's something like real deep and like real high level and real, you know, it, it won't, it will not contradict the plain original text Mm. right it may be a deeper understanding and a deeper level or like even if it's blow your mind level it's still not going to contradict the basic truth of what is stated and remember this is supposed to be readable and understandable by like someone with a third grade education or you know or higher um and so when you get these teachers who start picking and choosing scriptures and making it real weird and reading stuff in and doing all this stuff that manipulate the scriptures. Like you have to question that because you got to go back to, okay, on the most basic level of this concept, would a child understand this? Mm. Right. And a lot of the new age, it's like, because it's a bit of a free for all, you'll just dive and then you'll keep diving. It's like, okay, I tried the crystals. Okay, that didn't work. Let me do the tarot cards. Well, okay, that was like a little bit, but let me do the pendulum. Like, let me go and do that. You know, it's like, let me go get a spirit guy. Let me do the, you know, the, the, I need to reach higher consciousness. Like, it's just because it's a bit of a free for all, you have the choice to go and try all the things. And if it's, and if it's not quite fitting, you just kind of keep moving, right? Um, but it's a never ending quest that doesn't get you anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. and you got to remember, and we'll talk about this and more in our next episode. Um, so we'll close up here, but just as a preview for our next episode, um, we're going to talk about the difference between results and fruit. Yes. Because they're different. There is long-term fruit, something or short-term results. Yep. And there's also, um, the difference between shortcuts, illegal shortcuts and God ordained bypasses. Yeah, acceleration. Acceleration mm-hmm. and bypass versus an uh, a illegal shortcut. And, um, but yeah, just because people get some short-term results from something, they'll, they'll latch on to it as if this is the new thing that they need to do without questioning. But then they don't know that the long-term fruit of that thing is going to bring them death and destruction. Right. And that's right? really the, that's really the thing that hits home is the things that you explore on this earth um, if the things that you're putting into your basket that you're believing in and firmly the new age stuff and whatever it may be, if it's not God, the father, God, as he has written in the Bible, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life. Um, you can have as much results as you want here on earth, but ultimately your fruit will still not be heaven. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it all boils down to. The fact that you just have to make the decision that you trust God and you trust his character. So when it says that he is full of unfailing love, that mm. he's full of loving kindness and mercy, um, but that he's serious, like he, he, that's the thing about the Old Testament. 
you know, when the father's revealed in the Old Testament, he's like, look, if you, um, let me go to Psalms 31, actually. But basically, if you love God, he's going to love you back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to protect you. He's going to take care of you. But if you don't love God, you know, he's a serious kind of person. He's a serious man. He doesn't take things flippantly. He's not going to like um, just be like, oh, whatever, shrug his shoulders and move on. No. You know, he's not that kind of and, and And the thing about that, too, while you're getting your verse is... You know, a lot of people abuse the fact that you can you can get forgiveness from God when you've done something wrong, even if it's willingly and you you've made that decision of like, hey, I'm going to do it because God's going to forgive me anyway. A big piece of that that I think people don't understand the severity of is the repentance part of it. And one thing that I think like just kind of portrays this really well um, is if you've watched uh, the Chosen TV series, there's a scene where Mary kind of Mary Magdalene like falls back into her demonized past, if you will. And she comes back to Jesus and she feels like she can't kind of like, like he, he shouldn't forgive her or she's not deserving of forgiveness or whatever. She can't come back into the fold because she saw Jesus and she chose him and then also chose to walk away. And I love that scene because Jesus is looking at her so lovingly and so kind. And he's like, I'm right here for you, but also held this line of like, but you have to do your part and you have to repent. I'm right here, but I'm not just going to like wipe it away without you doing anything about it. And, you know, repentance is not just like, oh, yeah, I recognize that that was bad. So sorry, God, please forgive me. You really have to do the heart work of understanding the gravity of your sin, what you've really done to grieve the father, and then turn the other way and say, like, I am going to work my absolute best to not do this anymore. I am not going to participate in whatever that thing is. And I'm going to actively choose God over it. It's more, it's not just like, please forgive me. It's anyway, that's my soapbox for the day. (laughs) Um, Psalm 31, 19. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. Mm. 21 praise the lord for he has shown me the wonders of his unfailing love he has kept me safe when my city was under attack Mm. verse 23 love the lord your love the lord all you godly ones for the lord protects those who are loyal to him but he harshly punishes the arrogant come on so be strong and courageous all you who put your hope in the lord so there's this kind of thing like everyone says like god is this mean old head you know like meanie guy well he isn't mean to those who love him and yeah. serve him and do the right thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, they keep forgetting that. Like, they think he's so harsh, but he. there were certain things he had to do to bring judgment on things. But those people judge everything that they got. Yeah. And he would wait until it got so bad that he couldn't not act. Yeah. Um. So just remember, like... <laughs> A lot of the people who are mad at God, they actually have no desire for him. You know, they don't like him. They yeah. don't like God. And, if, you, and if you're <laughs> in a place that you feel like you're mad at God because he's a mean old meanie, then that just, in my mind, shows that there's a place of repentance that you haven't gotten to or something of that pride or something is getting in the way of allowing you to come underneath him in the way of understanding that he is a good father and 
just like Rachel said in that verse, like he, he gives all these lavish things to those who love him, you know? And you can love him. You just say, God, I turned myself in. I need you to help me do whatever it is I need to do to serve you and love you and, and experience the goodness that you are. Mm. Enable me and give me the, that ability, Lord. And, you know, conviction's not a bad thing. Conviction's like a diagnosis. It lets you know what's wrong. That's so good. So that you can repent, meaning you can do something about it. Yeah. And God, the the path of repentance is it's a the ability to reboot. It removes the sin. It removes the penalty from the sin because Jesus already paid for that. But then it enables you to, you're basically turning yourself in. It's like if you there's a bounty on your head and you're turning yourself in, you're like, you're right. I, I, I'm... I was wrong. And you always get more grace when you turn yourself in when before then they don't have to hunt you down and find you. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll close there. Um, And also, so you guys know, while we were on break, that was unplanned. um, We didn't stop working um, in the sense of, as many of you know, life for your soul is a... uh, child of the sevenfold um i don't know what's the best uh, it's a production but the sevenfold is rachel and i's online ministry and life for your soul is our first um kind of outlet if you will our first mm-hmm. thing that we're doing to help um spread the gospel and uh we have applied for the sevenfold to be a 501c3 registered um, nonprofit, which is very exciting for us. And what that means for you as a listener is that um, your donations to the sevenfold will then be tax deductible and you can claim them on your taxes and it's super great. And uh, we're really excited about it because it's going to enable us to um, – kind of just prosper more as a crowdfunded ministry. So if our podcast and the things that Rachel and I do um, have blessed you, if you've gone to our website and I encourage you to do that, go to sevenfold.com, the sevenfold.com. We have like digital downloads and things for you guys that we've put together more. We put more out um, every few months. We've, we're creating more things and we have a new project that we're trying to launch as well. So if any of our things have blessed you, touched you, if you just enjoy what you're, what we are doing and you want to support us, um, we would love to have you to do that and partner with us through this. Um, And of course, as soon as we get that, info back from the good old IRS. We will share it with you. Um, but we're really excited about everything that God's doing. Um, 2022 is going to be a really big year for us and we're very excited. So I would just encourage all of you to support us if you can, if you'd like to. Yep. And thanks for listening. Cause that's a big support right there. Just amen. Encouraging us with your downloads and your click listens. Like it just fills our hearts with joy. It really does. It really does. <laughs> so share it, put a, I don't know, put a blast out or something online if you like what you hear. Um, So yeah, we appreciate you guys. All right, until next week, guys. Have Mm. a good one. Bye. Bye. This has been an episode of Life for Your Soul, brought to you by The Sevenfold. For more info on who we are and what you've heard in today's episode, head over to thesevenfold.com. Today, we leave you with this blessing from 3 John. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Until next time, this is Life for Your Soul.